Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Flushing Group from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny. A 90s hit sitcom starring Fran Drescher. Uh, we rewatch them every episode. Yes. We are in season two, episode 11, When You Pish Upon a Star. Uh, I am here uh, with Toria Sheffield. My name is Shondi Pasquale. We are your co-hosts. Toria, how are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm marveling at the fact that this means we are officially halfway through season two. I have no idea. Is it 22 yes. episodes? I think so. Wow. Right? 22 episodes a season. This Hell one has flown by. I think because we've had to do, we've done, we've been on vacation off and on all summer. This one has felt a little more like all over the place. So in terms of when we get time to do this. So we, I, I'm shocked we've, we've gotten this far, honestly. I mean, look. Yeah. I'm having a blast still. <laughs> yeah. This show is really hey. fun. I like watching it. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I watched this episode with somebody who like doesn't usually watch this and I, I kind of felt bad because I was like, oh, you know, I kind of just need to watch this. I, I hope it's okay. And we were like, this person was also genuinely laughing this out is loud. A great, this is a great, very bizarre episode. Um, <laughs> yes. It's the, it's the episode, by the way, where Mr. Sheffield casts a young uh, sitcom star. St- yeah, yeah, child star to be in his new big production of Oliver. And Fran accidentally convinces this kid to quit show business. Um, so that is the premise of this one. Um, and I talked a lot about this um, last week, which who maybe I didn't even need to, but this is an, uh, the episode where I really feel like Cece specifically kind of hits a stride in terms of like really really making this character her own or rather the actress who plays Cece. And it just really started to gel. Like she was always good, but I was like, no, no, no. Like she, she's found it. And I hope we just keep seeing more and more of it. Um, I mean, I'm sure you noticed the echoes of Macaulay Culkin in this episode, right? Well, yeah, I literally, um, didn't you see my Slack messages? you, You couldn't, you couldn't. Yeah. But I was talking about it for the benefit of, Oh, podcast so you, 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 you couldn't, you, you couldn't have just said, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it with you later. You just ignore me. Yeah. I saved it for the show. Sorry. You got to keep, we got to, it's like a um, method actors who, who yeah. don't really like don't communicate outside of character. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm always in character. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important to point out that like Macaulay Colgan suing his parents, was like a big deal in the nineties. Like, and this is right when that was happening. And it was like a pretty big, no one had ever really heard of that on that level before. I don't think of like, Oh, this kid is like suing his own parents and he's like filing to like be like his own custodian. <laughs> like, yes, that, you know? Yes. And, um, it definitely reminded me of that. It also gave me the, like, you know, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas vibe as well, even though, 
this is actually kind of like, to be fair, a precursor to that because he famously left home improvement to go pursue more like serious pursuits. Um, and it was a really, really big deal because he was like such a beloved character on that show. But this is actually several years before that happened. So we can't really say they were, I mean, Hey, they were probably drawing from just countless times that this has happened. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, um, this boy was definitely an amalgamation of like, you know, terrible child stars. Yes. Well, and so this whole thing begins um, as actually a number of these episodes do with Cece trying to convince Mr. Sheffield to cast a mainstream TV actor in one of his theatrical productions, um, basically to ensure ticket sales. Um, And this is all revolving around this child star named Jack Walker from a sitcom called Royal Flush, which this is a super, super meta episode in that this TV show mimics the plot of the nanny exactly. Yeah, um, it, it and, is. It's just Royal yeah. Flush is just the nanny. Um, and it's also yes. an excuse for them to do one of my favorite jokes so far in this whole series, which is um, one of the kids says, I like Full House better. And friend goes, what are you crazy? A Royal Flush beats Full House every time. And it's like such yeah. a weird meta poker joke for no reason. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's so yeah, stupid, you're right. but I you're loved right. it. It's a poker joke. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah. Royal Flush beats Full House every time. It was a poker <laughs> joke. I was like, uh, look at that. Look, I wonder if they named it Royal Flush just so they could do that Full House joke. Yeah. Or if they, I, like, I, 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 uh, so or great. if they were just like, wait a second, are you guys yeah. thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know um, what came first, the chicken or the egg, but I love it just the same. I love well, the omelet. Uh, <laughs> but so, um, you know, Mr. Sheffield is extremely resistant to do this. He's like, no, I want, you know, a, a more legitimate actor. And, you know, CeCe's like, no, no, he it's literally just been announced that he's leaving his show because he wants to pursue more serious acting roles. This is perfect. And she even says something where she's like, she's like, you don't understand, Maxwell. Like, this will guarantee that even the lowest common denominator of people will want to come see this show. And no sooner does she say that does Fran come in, I think eating a Hot Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and then she's like, oh my God, Jack Walker, he's a genius. And she like recites his like catchphrase, which is something like, it's like, hey, yo, out of here. He goes, he goes, he goes, hey, yo, whoa. Yes. Yes, <laughs> which, which is, is Another nod, full house dig. I think also a nod to Blossom too, to like Joey's like, whoa. Because like that was his literal catchphrase was, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yes, 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 yes. Um, there hey, was- whoa, yo. <laughs> <laughs> catchphrases are, just the fact that they exist is kind of incredible. Did I um, do that? <laughs> hey. Um, my shorts. So- <laughs> um. And this act, this this child actor is p- played by an actor named J.D. Daniels. He was born in 1918. <laughs> 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 he was born during the, the height of the Spanish flu, which he's really. A, <laughs> he's uh, also, maybe interestingly, uh, the first vampire child actor ever on record. They don't talk about that a lot, but he is over 100 years old. Um, um, and so, and still looks exactly the same as he did in this episode. He was born in 1980, um, so he would have been about 13 or 14 when he this was one filmed. year older than me. 
Okay. Well, the thing is, he he looks very young. Like when he first walked in, I thought this kid is 11 or 12. Um, so he really, he still has that childlike vibe in, in terms of his looks. Yeah. But the thing about the, the you know, the, a big premise of this episode is that he's basically a monster and he acts like a lecherous older man. Even I though he's wrote, a- <clears throat> my exact note when he got introduced was, this little boy is a walking Me Too movement. Ha ha ha, what a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, no, I can't wait to get there. I have so many all caps about a very specific he's part uh, when he gets introduced. <laughs> so, this little kid is such a freaking asshole is, dude so, he's so disgusting but hold oh, on he's before, so gross he's before, like everything they want to do with brighton like times a billion like he's well, so much more lecherous and disgusting this little freak well and i was kind of like you know is this modeled after somebody that they know of in the industry probably it's probably modeled but, after the kid who plays brighton no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> well um so before so basically mr sheffield relents and he's like fine fly him out here let's make him an offer um we can put him up in the house for a week before his parents can join him. And um, so this leads to this very quick, another again, very meta scene where right before he's about to arrive, Fran and the kids are settling down and actually watching an episode of Royal Flush. And I, I wrote, this is extremely meta and pretty dark, um, where um, Bright, they're watching and Brighton says something like, it's a classic formula. The older sister's an airhead and the little brother's obnoxious until he grows up into a teen heartthrob, which is very much clearly like the ideal trajectory for what the kid who plays Brighton would have would want. Like, you know, that that which is a little sad in retrospect because that's not what happened to him. But so there's that. And then the dark part is Fran goes, I wonder what will happen to the little one. And Gracie goes, she gets a breast reduction and goes to Yale, <laughs> which is like, which is like. So much to unpack there, but that's also definitely like a what is her name? The Soleil Moon, the right. Punky Brewster, yeah. yeah, Punky Brewster, like famously got a breast reduction. Right. Um, and it is very much, um, not it's not a trend, but there are definitely child actors who then go on to Ivy League schools. Um, I we talked about this. Um, I had a class with JTT at Columbia. Mm-hmm remember um and natalie portman went to harvard and um um i think by the way just i don't want to false advertise i didn't really go to columbia i went to a different college but i did take a class at columbia i just i feel like i should Uh, i was gonna let you have Um, it no columbia girl i I, I went to a good school i'm I'm proud of my school um but so but he famously left um, home improvement to go to college. Um, and like Julia Stiles, I think she left acting to go to Columbia. Um, it just, it, it kind of, I don't know if it happens anymore, to be honest, but it, it was a definitely something in the nineties that, that was happening, um, fairly regularly. Um, and, oh, so Grace, uh, Gracie has that very dark line. Um, uh, and then that's when, um, Jack, Jack, I want to say Jack Walter, but Jack Walker arrives and that's when you know, he's wearing, this kid walks in. He looks about 11 years old. He's wearing a blazer, very fancy pants and shoes. He literally walks in, blows right past Mr. Sheffield. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you? And he extends a hand to Fran in a super pervy way, literally looks her up and down, like ogles her body. And, and then licks he, his lips. 
Yeah, it was so disgusting. And I was like, how do you even direct a kid to act like this? And then he pinches her butt and slaps her butt twice in the same scene. This this kid is so obnoxious and gross. And literally everybody except Brighton hates having him in the house because, you know, Brighton is getting a lot of attention from the kids at school for like having famous child star, you know, at his house. Um and that, that actually, um, well, I'll save one of my favorite lines for later, but it's a CC line around this part. But um, so Fran ends up actually like losing her temper on this kid because he's just being so rude and entitled. And she says something like where she's like, you know, why don't you just try to be a normal kid? Like, and she's like, do you, I mean, do you even have one friend who's not on your payroll? Um, and that inadvertently leads to that kid having this sort of big aha moment yep. where he he walks into Mr. Sheffield's office the next day right after Mr. Sheffield has like thanked Fran for um convincing him to hire this child because he's like basically like the investors have gone crazy this is like sure to be one of our biggest successes and Cece's like but it was my idea and it just <laughs> and and actually she goes it was my idea. And um, Mr. Sheffield ignores her and goes, Miss Fine, I could kiss you. And then literally kisses her on the mouth, um, which is her their third kiss in the canon of the show. Um, but no sooner does that happen, does Jack walk in and basically say, like, Fran, I thought a lot about what you said. I want to be a normal kid. Like, I'd like out of my contract. Yep. <laughs> um, and he walks out and Cece and Mr. Sheffield are furious they are be- they're like and cc goes two minutes in a room alone with him and you get him to quit show business and then niles goes if only we could get her alone with tori spelling <laughs> and <laughs> mr sheffield is so angry that he's basically like you are going to do whatever you have to do to get him to change his mind. And he's like, so you're going to, you know, get dressed up nice and you're going to take him to the fanciest restaurant in town. And like, you are going to have a talk with him. And at first Fran's like, she's like, fine. She's like, but I'm not taking the limo. And he screams like, yes, you are. She's like slave driver. And then she runs out, but then she runs back in and he's like starting to sort of like get settled back behind his desk. And she's like, well, but you're not going to buy me a brand new dress. <laughs> and for a second, he's almost taken in by this, at which point he literally leaps over his desk to try to like get at her and screams, yeah. get out. And I I laughed out loud at this. It, it, it was a more physical comedy than we've ever seen from that actor. And it worked really, really well for me. Mm-hmm. Even though, as I mentioned to you earlier, the joke is that he's going to physically assault one of his female employees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but hilariously. Here's he here's just- here's my thing. I have a really hard time connecting to the stakes of any episode that is about Mr. Sheffield losing money. Losing money. Like it's really hard. I think that like it's really hard for me to connect to any of it because it doesn't feel like there's any stakes, right? Like there's literally nothing at stake here. I'm like, oh, what what are they? Oliver's not going to make them millions more dollars. Like he's in no danger ever of like losing the money he has. It's always just like whether or not they're going to make more money. Um, so th- that played with me through the whole episode where I was like, even by the end, my, like my last note in the notes for this is like, did, did like Mr. Sheffield even lose anything really? Like, did this really, any of this matter? But I, I think, I think while that's one way to look at something like this, that also invalidates 
a lot of really enjoyable entertainment if it's just in the lens of like, oh, but those people will be fine because they're people of privilege. Like that, you know. Yeah, but I'm you, not saying yeah. that, that, that I feel that way when it's there's an emotional stake. It's just the only stake here was financial. Like I'm not saying nothing well, that happens to Mr. Like, Sheffield matters because his, he's rich. This is his career though. And I would assume that even if you're wealthy and you have, you know, a big flop or a big financial flop, you you start to lose credibility and a career that he has spent many years building, like, you know, it's All right, that's it affects it. You know, I, I I was I'm like, I get it. It is it is his career. He works hard at it. And we've even had, you know, like you know, um in previous episodes they mentioned how he used to like be a lowly assistant in like the London theater community and stuff. So he's worked his way up. So I think like even if I was not, even if I was going to be okay financially either way, if I was a, if a play that I was very invested in or a project that I was very invested in was going to now be ruined or I, I would be personally upset by it. So I, right. I could buy I it. I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, that, that is obviously, that never happens to me because I, all my millions are always in, um, <laughs> Always in projects that are Boy, also critically right. acclaimed. So <laughs> but Fran so, now has to take the kid out and convince him not to quit acting. Uh, and <laughs> they go to a so they go to like this fancy restaurant, and then I think they had a Whoopi Goldberg lookalike. Yeah, so it's a Whoopi Goldberg and Jack Nicholson lookalike. But the Whoopi Goldberg lookalike, she like probably because she had a big hat and glasses on, like was a better sell but you also they, couldn't they had it. me for a minute i was like what is this and then I and mean, then i was like all right that's gotta be a lookalike it was a lookalike i also like squinted but it's like yeah, yeah when when someone's wearing like half their face is already covered in sunglasses and they have a hat on it's probably easier to like sell them as a lookalike yes um but then they have the real bob barker yeah, they have the real Bob Barker. And Fran uh, who, tries to- Who was probably most famously known for getting punched in the face by Adam Sandler in a movie. <laughs> now, I mean, right? Like, how long has Bob Barker not yeah. been the host of The, of, uh, the Price, the Price is, right. is Right? So over 20 years. Oh, oh, Jesus, I guess you're right. I guess Drew Carey's oh, been the host of The Price is Right for, I think, I think a decade, if not more. That's insane. Well, yes, Bob Barker was the original uh, and very famous host of The Price is Right. And Fran tries to guess how much his meal costs, which I loved. Yeah. Um, and then basically she she goes and tries to have a conversation with the, this Jack again. Um, 2007. Jesus Christ. That's how long it's been since that guy was the host. There are there are people listening to this podcast based on the numbers that we get of, of our show statistics uh, that were not alive yet when Bob Barker has <sighs> already stepped out. Wow. Depressing. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Toria. It's fine. There's plenty of people older than me. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but so I, I can hold on to that. But yes. Um, so she tries to have the conversation with him again, where she's like, Oh no, like, I was I was talking nonsense. You should still be an actor and you can still be a normal kid. At which point he breaks down sobbing and he's like, Fran, I can't do it. Please. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore. And I I believed it. It seemed like a genuine moment. Yeah. Although he did 
I, I have a note that was like, don't you think his face was like grossly pressed against her boobs when she's consoling him? Yeah. And then they make a joke out of it because then a photographer comes over and he immediately stops crying, smiles, takes a picture and then puts his head right back in her boobs. And I was like, I feel like. I feel like they're still trying to go for like the he's like a gross little monster, but well, whatever. I think that was more he's just he has been trained from such an early age that like he even in a moment of seeming seemingly of being in anguish, yeah. yeah, he if someone's like photo op, he looks up and smiles. But so then we cut to the next scene, and it's very clear yes. that um, Mr. Sheffield has decided to let young uh, Jack out of his contract because clearly. You know, Fran went back to Mr. Sheffield and was like, you know, you have to do this for him. Like, it's it's like about something bigger than our show. It's like about this kid's life. And no sooner do they accept that they made the right decision does a news program come on that says um, it turns out that young child star Jack Walker had only said he was going to leave his sitcom to leverage the producers for more money so he's going back to his sitcom to make like eighty five thousand dollars a week which was a huge amount at the time for a young child um here's what i'll say so if anyone's at fault here honestly it's cc i think cc as a producer completely drops the ball in the fact that like she's so disconnected from what's going on in the entertainment industry that she doesn't know that this is happening like she's not aware enough like negotiation contract negotiations even at the time like so I had to read was like variety and deadline and like, you know, well, a Hollywood no, but- reporter like to to be, be aware that like negotiations are happening. So like, but I think, I no, I think the, the whole, um, the whole foundation of this ploy is variety and, you know, Hollywood reporter were reporting that he wanted to leave to pursue more serious endeavors. Um, and that's what she was reading. And she didn't know that he was actually being pretty cunning and just trying to leverage that for more money on a sitcom. He publicly said he was leaving. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe she, if she was better connected, she would have an even better insider's ear. I think what did it is that it's in that final newscast. The newscaster is like, boy, anyone dumb enough to have been negotiating a contract with him now like, while this is all going on, like, you deserve whatever you get. And so that made it seem like, oh, so this was, like, public enough knowledge that the reporter lady is, like, you know, you would have to be a moron to not know, like, oh, this kid is just playing, like, for leverage. Because, like, plenty of – I mean, that was happening in the news at the time with, like, the Friends cast and shit. They were always, like, maybe you're going to leave to go follow their movie career. And then, like, they would ne- renegotiate for, you know, six-figure deal. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, and so the the episode ends with Fran looking at Mr. Sheffield because he is, again, clearly livid. And she goes, and you said he wasn't a good actor. <laughs> and then he lunges at Fran and it's freeze frame. <laughs> no, no, no. They they lunge out after to stop him. No. They go, yeah, they go to run for the door. No. Yeah. They both look at each other and then they're both like, and like, that's no. the freeze frame. She's yeah. running away from she's him. She's running away from him. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, that's not how I said that. This kid has been long gone. He's not in the house. He's not even. No, he had just on. walked out. Oh, let me see. He okay, had just me... walked out. You're he was right. Like, he oh, had... my cab is here. And then they turn on the news and they're like, what? Wait, like, wait, so wait. I got that as like, they were like, oh, quickly go get him no. before he's gone. Wait, I am literally in real time. 
I'm going into HBO Max and I'm going to I I I completely interpreted well, it differently. Ladies Hold and on. gentlemen, this is a very compelling moment in podcasting <laughs> history as uh, we find out if uh, Sean or Toria is uh, completely insane. It's like that uh, famous tennis match that they made a movie about. <laughs> yes, it's like that but- famous <laughs> tennis match they made a movie about. And what's funny is I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the Steve Carell movie. <laughs> yeah, with uh, yes. Emma Stone. Yes. Um, okay, when when you pitch upon a star the battle of the sexes yes 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 but i'm steve carell and you're emma stone let's see um let's see i'm going i'm hold on i'm watching no i just meant that oh wait okay i'm at the okay so she's looking shocked He's looking. Uh, yeah, dude. I think no, it's ambiguous. I think no, it's ambiguous. Oh, right. All right. All right. There's no malice in his eyes. They're both just like, uh-oh, we got to go stop this kid. I don't know. But the deal already went through. The deal's done. Yeah, but now they realize that they that he played them. So they're going to go yeah, through screw I you. Think you're, he's not, you're not in your... We're not letting you out of your you, hey, I have an idea. Listeners, what do you think that means? What do you meant? guys think that means? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. right. Let's find out. It, Let's see what mm-hmm. people think. Leave a message, leave a comment, uh, tag us, uh, oh, Mr. Chef Pod, and let us know. And uh, mm-hmm. and you have time to think about it because it's time for segments. Okay. And I'll just say this. The, um, the winner <laughs> gets to... What um, winner? Oh, well, whoever's right is the whoever's winner. right based on the people that respond. You're saying, gotcha. Okay. Yes, the yes. winner. Yes. What is the winner? <laughs> Wait, um, what would what would be fun? You uh, uh a pizza hut pizza. You know, I love a pizza hut pizza. <laughs> you do love a pizza hut pizza. All right. Yeah, the winner has to buy the other person a pizza hut pizza. Stuff crust. Stuff crust. Stuff crust. Oh yeah, stuff crust. I mean, yeah. Come on, we're not gonna. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That being said, segments. Segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> okay, right. I I had a lot of favorite lines from this. Me episode. too. There's a lot of good stuff going on here. Um, this was a great episode. This and the and the last one, they're both really. Yeah. Really in their stride. So one of my favorite lines was when um, Fran says that she will volunteer to watch this child after for the week that he is staying with them. And Cece goes, she's like, oh, Maxwell, that's not a good idea. Nanny Fine isn't qualified to take care of Jack. He's a very important child. <laughs> and Mr. Sheffield goes, unlike my children. <laughs> <laughs> it's a just- great self-own. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think Niles even says like, oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> Because she realizes the huge mistake she just made. Um, I also left in that same scene when, so f- at first, before they decide that the child will stay at their house, she's like, well, no, like you should put him up at a nice hotel. I'm thinking the plaza. And she's, of course, thinking that she's going to be staying where- there with him. So she's like, which is right down the street from Elizabeth Arden. And Casey needs a bikini wax. 
<laughs> made me laugh. Yeah, she, well, she's she's constantly just trying to get whatever she can get for herself out of the whole deal. Yes. That whole sequence where she's like, you know, it, that ends with him being like, no, he's going to stay here with us until his parents mm-hmm. get in town. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then Cece going, Cece goes, she's trying to say that she loves this young actor, Jack Walker, but she just goes, I love Jack Daniels. I mean, Johnny Walker. I mean, Jack Walker. <laughs> Uh, it's just so sad and revealing of Cece. Yep. Um, and I just, and my only other thing is there was more physical comedy with Cece. Like at one point, um, Niles dunks on her like he always does, and without even skipping a beat, like hardly without even like um, changing whatever she's already doing, she yanks the pin out of her blazer and just dabs him in the butt (laughs) and then keeps on going with whatever she was doing and you can tell like he has a moment where like he wasn't expecting the pushback but he's kind of like oh okay like like fair enough but she's starting to sort of get her sea legs with niles and it actually was a really enjoyable little moment my other favorite line that you didn't mention was she's drinking like a smoothie or something that Niles makes. And he's like, how does it taste? And she's like, it tastes great. Thank you. And he's like, and he looks at the bottle of milk and he goes, I knew it. These expiration dates are meaningless. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was such a good. And then she immediately like looks out at like uh, untrustingly at the glasses she's drinking out of. And, and, <laughs> and then there's a beat in the background where she smells the bottle of milk uh, mm-hmm. as, the, as the scene mm-hmm. continues. Uh, so I, I really like that. That was like, uh, uh, I mean, and all the stuff you mentioned, I liked Bob Barker showing up. Um, yes, yes. Um, and I even like the twist at the end of them getting played by the kid. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm, that, tw- mm-hmm. that, that beat. Very show biz- businessy, and that kind of ties into our Yiddish as well because I didn't clock any Yiddish in this episode. What? Wait, what did you clock? What are you talking about? What Yiddish? He's a pishter. That's literally the whole, oh, the whole uh, when you pitch. When, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I was, yes. In the title, in the title. You're right. You're right. And she calls him, she calls him a little pisher, which is like a, a, a young, inexperienced, presumptuous person, a person or thing of no importance. Oh, he's a little, okay. he's a little pisher. This little pisher. What are you doing, you little pisher? That disgusted. pisher has a big mouth. Who does he think he is? Okay, That's you got me here. I did the work. You got work. me here. Well, because I had done my, you know how when I don't clock any Yiddish, I'll just bring in a relevant Yiddish term. Sure. So I, Save I it. Had, don't waste okay. it. Save it for oh, a future okay. episode where we got no Yiddish. Okay. okay. I'll save it. I'll save it. Yeah. Um, sure. That's your word of the week, folks. Sure. Yeah. You would when say you- like, uh, like, it's usually, I've always heard it used in reference to children. Um, mm-hmm. like my grandma would go like, look at this little pisher, you know, what a big mouth, <laughs> you know? And it's basically like, what's this little kid doing? So trivia this week. So trivia. Yeah. So I thought that since this episode centers around, um, a child actor on a hit sitcom, a little, a, a male child actor, I would, uh, give the actor who plays Brighton a little TLC, sort of like we did a mm. deep dive into Maggie a few weeks ago. Um, I, again, I didn't even really, I didn't know this actor's name off the top of my head, which is kind of embarrassing since I see it every single week. Um, but his real name is Benjamin Salisbury. He was born in Delicious. 1908. <laughs> we do love those steaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was born in- My which favorite is a, which kind is, of TV dinner. 
Oh, and well, also that was a quote. That was a joke from the nanny when she meets the Duke of Salisbury in yeah. the episode uh, yeah. where. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, in the episode where Mr. Sheffield's sister visits. But so he was born in 1980 in Minnesota. And his biggest credits to date, other than the nanny, or his big, biggest credit to date, would probably be the 1992 movie Captain Ron, which was a very poorly received comedy starring Martin Short and Kurt Russell. He played Martin Short's son. And I only looked it up very briefly. It seemed very much in the vein of the family vacation movies and like, you know, kind of going for that vibe when that was at its height of popularity. Um, you know, like family vacation goes completely awry. Um, so he but he did that and he is quoted as saying that like Martin Short was one of the funniest people he'd ever met. Um, and after the nanny, he ended up attending American University in Washington, D.C., and he majored in broadcast journalism and graduated magna cum laude, making the dean's list six wow. times. Um, he was also a contestant. So, this so he lived of, this boy's life. He, he went to school, like <laughs> uh, not the movie "This Boy's Life" starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, but <laughs> that that Thank boy's God. life. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you think yeah, hot shot, hot shot. Um, but so he he also um at one point in his teens was a contestant on um teen celebrity jeopardy mm -hmm. and he was up against kirsten dunce and joseph gordon levitt and he wow. won wow um and this is very interesting to me as of february 2017 he was working at universal studios hollywood as the director of operations for the park which i'm sure is a like mammoth job yeah that's like crazy. um and he's married and has three kids and fun little fact, um, he's a very good dancer and he would treat the nanny studio audience to improvise dance performances <laughs> to like rev, to rev them up. Adorable. Yeah. That's so let's a little deep dive and wow, to Brighton. That's crazy. He's the mm -hmm. head of operations. If that's what he still does. I couldn't find I mean, I guess I could have gone on Instagram or something, but I, I wonder if he Wow, um, that's yeah, that's pretty crazy though. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. What a world. Seems like he uh yeah, uh, there's a lot of Ben Listen, Salisbury's. you can't be an actor forever, you know? Yeah, I mean, very few people can be. And if you can, if you can, okay, so this is actually why I, I was glad that we decided not to have any of the former child actors on that we happen to know because- We had Matt Bennett on. Oh, but, oh, that's true. That's true. I know, I just meant for this particular episode because- gotcha. What I wanted to say was, and I think is a touchy subject, is, you know, there's definitely people who do this early in life, and then it's really hard for them to, like, acclimate just into the regular professional world after that, even if they would really like to. Um, so in some ways, you know, maybe it worked out for the best for, you know, Benjamin Salisbury that he didn't ever get to that little heartthrob period, you know, of a couple yeah. of years, and then yeah. basically have to try to come back from that when like the industry no longer cared because right. he was able to sort of successfully just go do his own thing. Yeah. Um, because a lot of child actors who, who, especially if they do have the, like, you know, I was, you know, on the cover of like teen magazine and girls had posters of me in their, um, bedrooms. Like they can't just go be like ho-hum executive guy when they realize that they actually like are really into like systems management or whatever, right. you know? <laughs> um, so, so, you know, good for him. Yeah. Good for um, him. Um, All right, and who's the friend and who's the CC? Do you think this week? I said 
hey, maybe I'm not giving you enough credit because you seem to think that Fran should have been savvier. I said I thought we were both Frans because like I would definitely have let that kid out of his contract if if I would have gotten played. If someone was like seemed very genuine and uh, I don't I don't have that that business sense of, oh, there must be an ulterior motive, even maybe, when there is. Maybe I've been in a relationship with a, a lawyer-y person for too long, but mm-hmm. I would have been like, hey, man, contract's the contract. Like, you're doing this thing. Like, we, there's like a lot of money invested in this. And like, it is what it is. I guess sue us. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess you're the... I'm I C- guess I'm the CC, well, but I'm not because she screwed yeah. up. Yeah, you're a competent yeah, I'm CC, a competent producer. <laughs> you're okay. So you're neither the Fran or the CC. I'm no one this week. week. I'm Niles. I'm a nobody. <laughs> hey, yeah, Niles wouldn't. Niles wouldn't get involved Niles in any have, of this. N- Niles wouldn't have fallen for this shit either. No, too, smart. <laughs> too savvy. Um, um, although we did completely forget to mention that the running Niles gag throughout this whole episode is that this kid tips extremely well, and will just throw like hundred dollar bills at at the staff <laughs> for doing menial things. So, um. Niles is more than happy to just Which, coax this kid's eagle. And uh, I, I did write down, like, is Mr. Sheffield underpaying Niles? Like, after all these years? Like, how could Niles be this um, desperate for extra cash? So I didn't, I wasn't going to bring this up until we got to this episode, but I actually had a friend text me who was like, uh, watched many episodes ahead to like season five. And she's like, um, Mr. Sheffield's kind of a dick. In the episode I just saw, Niles is trying to, um, raise his salary to like above minimum wage and he apparently we find out hasn't gotten a raise in like 30 years or <laughs> something incredible wow i love that they were like you know it'll be hilariously endearing mr sheffield's a piece of shit <laughs> man it was this the man- 90s man it was all the, the, the that hard push to capitalism was very real uh, coming out of the 80s into the 90s where it was like if you don't make money uh, you're garbage and you're even if you're doing a job trying to ask for a raise like sorry buddy work harder <laughs> hey money never sleeps you know what i'm saying yeah well see money never sleeps that's <laughs> sometimes when not that you were doing this but sometimes when somebody goes into a um a rant based on anything involving capitalism or the economy i'll just go Wall Street, money never sleeps. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's Hollywood, baby. That's a good bitch. Um, <laughs> good so, bit. All right. Well, listen, um, if you liked this, what, did, was there more? Did I miss something? No, no, nothing. Never. All right, good. Well, so if you liked this, uh, please check us out on all of the podcasting platforms, but especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, rate the show leave a five-star review it helps other people find the show so that more people can enjoy rewatching the nanny together with our analysis uh, alongside it and thank you as always to people that are uh subscribers and uh our our monthly contributors uh it is incredibly generous and kind and we really really mm-hmm. really appreciate it and it's it's just very nice. So it's worth mentioning every mm-hmm. once in a while that there's people that do that and it's really cool. Uh, and uh, oh, Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow up with the show, we both check uh, and operate both of those accounts. And uh, yeah, drop us a line, drop us a note, send your thoughts on the show. All right. Okay. We love uh, you guys. We love you. And uh, I guess all that's left to say is like, uh, <laughs> what was the line? Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, oh wow and then with your thumb whoa whoa
All right, bye. <laughs> bye, guys. The flashy girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the 90s sitcom The Nanny, starring Fred Drescher. Oh, <laughs> God, Red. I was really at Fred Drescher. All right, I'm starting over. I'm starting over. <laughs>